This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time now to turn our attention to China. Mm, and uh, today's headlines from China's latest political win against Taiwan and their decision to scrap subsidies for electric cars. We'll also be looking at the COVID-19 outbreak in Xi'an. Uh, to give us an analysis of these headlines, we're joined by Tan Donwei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Good morning, Don. Thanks for joining us. Now, firstly, Don, China has reopened its embassy in Nicaragua. This is a few weeks after the Central American country switched diplomatic recognition from Taipei to Beijing. And that change was actually a political win for Beijing, which claims Taiwan as part of its territory. Uh, Taiwan, of course, only left with just 14 diplomatic allies now. How do you expect China to take this political win to their advantage? How will this win actually somehow weaken Taiwan on the world stage? Hi, good morning. I think China will see this as having successfully moved one step closer to politically isolating Taiwan, which it has been doing for quite some time now. Taiwan, of course, is not happy with this and has threatened to take legal action against Nicaragua for taking back its embassy and transferring it to China. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi was asked about Nicaragua by state news agency Xinhua a few days ago, and he said that China has gained a new friend in the world, and that this proves that the One China policy is a universally recognized policy. China's economic power and standing in the world now is hard for any country to resist, especially small countries. And we saw that just after Nicaragua said it would switch diplomatic recognition to China, China gave it a million COVID vaccines. Diplomatically isolating Taiwan is one of a bunch of tactics that China can use against Taiwan to pressure it to come back to the fold. But it may not end up being that damaging to Taiwan, as Taiwan has in recent years developed closer, unofficial partnerships with powerful countries like the US and Japan, and that could prove to be much more significant. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Don, we have news out of the weekend. China announcing that it will end subsidies for electric and hybrid cars at the end of the year. The Ministry of Finance there said that purchase subsidies would be reduced by 30% for the beginning of this year before being scrapped completely by the end of the year. So, question, what will this mean for the electric and hybrid sector in China? Uh, will this cause a huge impact to the sector? Why China decided to make this move as the new year begins? Your thoughts? China says that the sector has developed to such a large extent that government subsidies are no longer necessary. So vehicles registered after December the 31st, 2022 will not be subsidized. China is the biggest and most advanced new energy vehicle market in the world. Various projections have shown that China will reach cost parity in four to six years. That means the cost of an electric car will be the same as a petrol-powered car. And by 2030, three in five cars in China will be electric. The market has boomed in recent years and will continue to grow, with hundreds of companies making electric cars now, so much so that the government recently warned of overcapacity and urged these companies to consolidate. And because there are so many players in the market, and this also includes not just the car makers, but the battery makers and other peripheral manufacturers as well, the cost of producing electric and hybrid cars have dropped. 
there are increasing numbers of budget electric cars that have come on the market, and you can easily get one for as little as $6,000. Now, Don, more than 13 million people apparently have been ordered to stay at home in the Chinese city of Xi'an. Uh, of course, this is authorities uh, battling a COVID-19 outbreak there. But compared to other lockdowns globally, apparently locals can't even go out for essential reasons like to buy food. Uh, some residents have said they don't have enough food, but officials are insisting that there are adequate supplies. Talk us through the problem here. What's really going on? And in light of this, how much longer can China really keep up its zero COVID strategy? Xi'an has become the most serious outbreak in China with nearly 2,000 cases in the past month or so. The city has been under a lockdown for nearly two weeks now, 13 million people there, and there hasn't been any signs that the situation there is improving. The provincial government has promised that there will be enough food supplies and daily necessities and is distributing them to communities and getting help from other provinces as well. There may have been some slip-ups or poor coordination. There were reports of not enough volunteers to distribute the food and not enough delivery riders in the city as many of them are actually also stuck in quarantine. Already, two senior government officials have been fired over mismanagement. And they are desperately trying to break the transmission chain there, especially ahead of the Chinese New Year holidays where people will travel home. So they have been a little more draconian with their measures, ordering everyone to stay indoors. China will have to keep up its zero COVID strategy at the very least until after the Beijing Winter Olympics and Paralympics in March. But with the threat of the Omicron variant and no herd immunity in the country, it's not likely to dial down its policy anytime soon. Thanks very much for the China perspective. Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for The Straits Times. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.